Hi everyone, and welcome to A Gem of a Secret Podcast. My name's Donatella My Secrets, but you can just call me Donna. And my name is Coco Gem Holiday. How you doing tonight, Coco? Um, I'm doing okay. Uh, <laughs> I've had a yeah. rough day. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've had a rough day. Prior to today. <laughs> How are you doing coming back from Austin? Oh my god, the Austin International Drag Festival was fabulous! Oh my god, I loved every second of it. It really was a cool experience. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I really got down with that this year. It was super cool. Um, I got to meet Vander Von Odd. Oh, from Dragula. Yeah, f- and Dahlia Black. Yeah. Um, I got to meet Maddie Morphosis and Deja Sky. Nice. Um, for some of those bigger, actually, those are I think the only TV folks that I had met. But from Camp Kiki, I finally got to meet Vivian Vendetta St. Clair. Oh, she was wonderful. She's so funny. Yeah. And then I got to reintroduce myself to Zine on TV, who was Vivica Galactica on the season. Yes. I got to see, spoiler alert, the winner of season three of Camp Kiki, Geneva Convention, who I love. Yes, and our first. Our first hyper um, queen or AFAB queen to perform in Grand Junction. Yeah, and to win the series. Yeah, so, and, and to, to be on the series. Yeah, to win and beyond. Right? To, yeah, to win and beyond. Yeah. <laughs> to win and beyond. <laughs> yes. To infinity and beyond. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're so stupid. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for her. Like, I, I think that's yeah. really amazing. Um, what was I going to say about her? Uh, she... She is, like, one of those few people who, uh, actually, this is interesting to you about her. So she hurt herself on Camp Wanakiki, and so now high heels give her massive pain. Hmm. So now she wears cowboy boots or, like, a wedge. Yeah. And she doesn't really perform in heels anymore after hurting herself on the show. Hmm. Um, it's such a really, the way that she performs is, like, kind of amazing. She's super campy and funny, and she's super creative in her own rights. Um, and I think the stuff that she does is just so artistic and I love it. Yeah. Um, I liked the post that you shared today from Loris about that. Yeah. Actually, I saw Geneva. Geneva actually was one of the ones who wrote on there about her knee problem. And yeah. I, the thing is, I actually wrote on Loris's status that, like, when I'm coming out of a gout attack, I will have phantom gout. No, actually, not phantom pains. They're actually real pains. Uh, like residual gout pains after uh-huh. I'm done having an attack for like up to like a couple of weeks after and depending on how my foot is placed in heels it can like it almost feels like it's re-sparking the attack but it really is just like massively painful Yeah. and so like I basically said on Loris' status that I'm kind of just sick and tired of explaining it to people because I'm like just because it doesn't hurt aggressively in that moment sometimes it's like the pangs are just like really intense and so yeah. that's why I don't wear them all the time because of that and so listeners for context what Loris' status said was that it is ableist to give other queens shit for not wearing super high high heels because you don't know what medical problems they are going through or medical um, issues they have currently yeah absolutely um, and I, I definitely agree with that I think we need to stop being elitist about drag we really do yeah, it's it feels that way because actually there was this performer who did a number about ableism and the whole they had a video thing in the back and it was all captioned and there was a song about how not to be ableist. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, you should maybe consider always captioning, like always having a projector, always having your captions up. 
um, when you're performing, things like that, um, to give everybody that immersive experience into your drag. Um, and it just was like, it was just like really interesting, like just some of the things that you never really considered about mm -hmm. drag and like making it accessible for everybody. Like we even think about like um, dressing rooms yeah. in the basement, right, with no elevator. Um, this venue was no different. Um, mm -hmm. There's no way to get up on that stage yeah. um, without going up those stairs. Um, it just was a whole, it was a whole nother experience. It was just so cool to listen to. And in Portland, we do kind of prioritize accessibility, but it's clearly not at the level yet that it needs to be. No. Still. And so that was just really cool watching somebody else like kind of talk about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I forgot to ask, what are you wearing this evening? Well, I feel like it's only appropriate because I quoted Buzz Lightyear earlier that I'm dressed up as a glamorized Buzz Lightyear. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to infinity and beyond work. Yeah, no, that, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm, <laughs> I'm doing a Geneva Convention cosplay right now, so oh, I'm yeah. wearing leopard print everywhere um, with some cool cowboy boots. And definitely a mullet. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. You're like the Jesse the Cowgirl to my Buzz Lightyear except <laughs> Jesse the Cowgirl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, and so some other things about the festival is, like, so Vander did a really amazing number where it was kind of like a burlesque number. They just kept getting more naked. And then they, yeah. had, they had this, like, little um, broomstick thing that was, like, on this, like, platform and so they just got on it and like spun themselves around on this I love that flying and it was it was actually really cool yeah to watch I did I did get to see Dahlia Black's number uh-huh um it was good I I the thing is like traveling drag artists like it's really difficult for you to be like hyper impressed with them because remember all of their stuff is probably in a backpack right yeah you know, like in a like like even me, I tried to consolidate this year when I went because I didn't go with my husband. Mm -hmm. And so I only had, I flew Southwest, so I had my two bags and then my carry-on was my makeup case yeah. and just a backpack. And so I did have just like, I literally had two t-shirts and one pair of jeans for my boy stuff and then the rest of the bag was full of my body and my liquid makeup. And then the next bag over had shoes, like four costumes, and that was it. And it was still overflowing i actually ended up bringing a third bag and i'm glad that i did because i bought uh like two hairs from no offense uh, sorry two costumes for no offense and uh i bought a, a hair from i think it's Colin creations and so hmm. i used my third bag to put all that crap in there yeah so. it's drag fest it's the the premier drag festival where you can buy sell and trade all that kind of stuff so. yeah which is really cool it's yeah really, really cool um and you know, the thing about the festival this year, because it was the first time back in person, mm -hmm. uh, it... Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, since the pandemic. It allowed for, like, this great camaraderie moment. Like, I saw Crimson Kitty, um, and I love Crimson Kitty. She's this amazing... Sorry, they. Actually, they're non-binary. Mm -hmm. um, not now. Obviously, they've come out as non-binary for a very long time now. But they, in and out of drag, go by, in and out of drag, go by they, them pronouns. Mm -hmm. And they're just this amazing drag artist who does such dynamic bullshit and it's yeah. so great i also got to be around for the camp wanakiki auditions this year oh i actually interviewed i did the beginning interview for all of the contestants that yeah. we're gonna be on which was cool i think we went through like i don't know like 
15 of them or something like that. Yeah. And so it's me and Kitty Litter ATX interviewing all of them. And yeah. so Kitty got all of the shtick questions. I got all of the real questions. Yeah. And, like, I was trying to be so bubbly about it. Like, yeah. hi! Blah, blah, blah. Like, this is, like, it's so funny. Like, it's so weird being an actor. I could not remember my lines to save my <laughs> life. They were like, Coco, this is what you need to say. And I was like... That's that's three sentences. Yeah. And they're like, you won't remember? I was like, it's too many. I'm not an actor, and I've been drinking. Yeah. And they're just like, so they had to feed me my lines a thousand times. Wait, were they filming the auditions? So, because everything about Camp Wanakiki is just a little bit of a shtick, right? Yeah. So we were filming, like, the way that this worked, and it's actually not giving too much away. It's just like, the way that it worked is like, we were doing, like, people were uh we were filming auditions it's kind mm-hmm. of how it was working but we're filming like a little prequel thing to their auditions ah okay yeah so nice. um that part was just a little bit more difficult yeah well and, that's exciting yeah so i'm not gonna say who auditioned obviously because that yeah. would ruin things but um yeah so me and kitty litter atx got to do that together and that was really fun that's cool that's really cool and i'm just such a bad actor yeah <laughs> so bad about it so were you in austin while the finale for drag race was happening then yes were you able to go to viewing parties or anything i or? was invited to attend one while uh-huh. i was there but i was sleeping most of my trip yeah and so i didn't get a chance to make it out to it but it was so funny because um we were watching it downstairs yeah because it what episode did it, come, did it come out on friday or saturday I don't remember. But. Friday night. So, yeah. Yes, that makes sense. So, uh-huh. uh, I was watching some mud of the finale. We didn't watch the whole thing. I was like, yeah. watching bits and pieces of it. And, like, um, it sounds like most people didn't think that, you know, well, spoiler alert, um, that Willow, like, had it in the bag. That, like, huh. a lot of people thought, uh, Lady Camden. Lady Camden. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think from watching it, I kind of knew that it was going to be Willow from the the get-go. I definitely, the way that they did performances is they kind of did it the way they did during season eight, where they each had, like, a song that was tailored to them. Mm -hmm. So if you remember, like, Naomi had that, like, leg song that she did, and then Bob had her own, you know specific song and same with kimchi um so i i think that was kind of a neat opportunity um i don't think that it was really enough time for them to like showcase a lot of talent mm-hmm. um and i think you know if i were in charge of the finale <laughs> i probably would have like had a eliminated one person and then had like the lip sync off happen after that and just extended it out a little bit longer because it did it did feel like a little bit rushed at times is it true that rupaul was wearing an old costume i don't know i mean she always is most of the time right yeah she has like a big like um like closet full of old stuff that zaldi or bob mackie or someone has made for her yeah somebody said she recreated one of her iconic looks huh so i was like huh okay probably i wouldn't doubt it i think that yeah i so i met a booking manager who books uh-huh. like 12 of the dragula contestants one of the camp on kiki people and like does somewhat of the bookings for like six of the drag race people uh-huh and like four or six and i was what was really interesting about it was like when talking with people because remember, like, Portland, to a degree, 
not to be offensive, is obsessed with itself. And so we don't really get on the map when it comes to, like, other drag places. Like, no. And so, like, everybody knew all of these people. Yeah. Like, which was so interesting to me. Like, when I first, when Deja, so I, this was so cool. Like, my, because I was on the ninth floor, because, you know, I was special. Yeah. Um, and I was a featured entertainer. And I was coming out of my room. And that's when, like, I just ran into, like, this beautiful queen. I was like, who are you? I was like, I'm Coco. She's like, I'm Deja. That's how she said it. I'm Deja. I'm like, boo-boo, I've never met you. Like, <laughs> on your shit. The like, current season of Drag Race. Like, like the f- we all transform in drag. That's true. Like, and a lot of us bitches look alike, to be honest. Like, yeah. And so I was like, I thought it was her. Uh-huh. But you don't want to automatically assume. Yeah. The one who I didn't know who it was was Maddie Morphosis. Yeah. Because that girl was walking around in basicdrag.com. And I'm not, that's not anything against her. That's like, she was wearing a pussycat wig and a blue dress with some high heels. That was yeah. it. And she had just like the softest, beatest face I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, that's what was happening. And so like, like I was like, I just was like, why does everybody keep taking pictures with this like, this girl in this blue dress over here. <laughs> I mean, it was a blue cocktail. Like, yeah. nothing special. And I walked over, and I looked, and I was like, oh. I was like, you're a bad amorphosis, aren't you? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, can you get a picture? She's like, of course. Yeah. And so we just took a selfie. And that's... Nice. Yeah, she was super sweet. Um, it's so weird to see them in person after just, like, watching them the night before mm-hmm. um, in these huge extravagant outfits Yeah. Uh, for uh, the finale. And actually, what's funny behind the scenes tea is Deja her none of her stuff arrived so she borrowed makeup from Cheeky Cunt who I love her we actually met her the first uh-huh. time we were at Austin and she borrowed uh, she borrowed a costume from Mama Rose maybe I think that's where she borrowed it from and then she borrowed mm. she went to a shoe store to buy herself some high heels she bought two brushes to use Cheeky's makeup. She actually did her own makeup mm-hmm. with Cheeky's makeup with two brushes. Damn. And she looked beat. And um, and then she tried to borrow Cheeky's hip pads, but they were nothing to be desired because Cheeky's so tiny. Yeah. So she had to borrow hip pads from... Oh, there was somebody up there that I... Oh, I can't remember the name. I'm so sorry, person. Um, but yeah, she borrowed hip pads from another girl. Um, like... It was so crazy that she, like, her whole package was brought together. And she even, when she's coming down the elevator, she's like, oh, God, I hate wearing new shoes. She was. She was wearing some high heels. That would suck at the festival to, like, break in some new shoes. Yeah. Oh. But she she turned the party with that yeah. mix. It, it was, so I got to have, before I break, uh, we got to have, I got to have this moment with Deja. So she de-dragged, except for her face. But obviously she had to give all her stuff back, right? Mm-hmm. So she came down to the downstairs bar. I was talking to one of the Sugar Baker twins. I think Cherry Pie is who I was talking with. And Deja comes up, just in face, and she's like, where do we order food? And I was like, that's right here. Mm-hmm. And she's like, cool. And so she sits down. And then so her and I got to have this like really long conversation about drag and the show and like, mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And I ordered her a cocktail and I got to just chit-chat. And I was like, who did you think was going to win? And she's like... She's like, I. She's like, I thought Lady Gaga might win. Honestly, she's like, yeah. Um, but it's so weird because like it's it's the editing really matters. Yeah, it does. Right, because they see everything. Like I always tell people, I wasn't disillusioned. I thought Tora would win my season of Camp on mm-hmm. a TV, but when they edit it and put it together, you're like, oh, maybe she might not win. Yeah. Um, For sure. So it's stuff like that. Oh, I also learned that they're not allowed to be on podcasts unless you just lied to me. I mean, Shakota. <laughs> but I forgot to ask Donna, how are you doing this evening? I will let you know after this brief break. 
Drag Danger Zone is a monthly showcase featuring new and established performers every month, every fourth Thursday at Mississippi Pizza, located at 3552 North Mississippi Avenue. This fun cabaret variety show is hosted by Marla Darling, Valerie DeVille, and DJ Awara. For ticket info, find us on Instagram at Drag Danger Zone PDX or Facebook at Drag Danger Zone. And get into the zone. The Drag Danger Zone, that is. It's a podcast with Coco and Donatella Podcast. Tune into what they tell you podcast with Coco and Donatella Podcast. Well, Coco, I'm feeling like I hate people. I hate people. Because we're celebrating our winner tonight from Colorado. Yeah. This is the second winner in, let's see, Evie was season 11 and now Willow season 14. So yeah. second Colorado winner in a few seasons. Yeah, which is cool. And they're, uh, Evie is Willow's drag mother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's super cool to, like, have that legacy and whatever and, mm-hmm. like, to see. Because I saw the support videos. I really want to watch the video because you know there's one that exists because mm-hmm. I always do a viewing party at tracks. I kind of want to watch that viewing party where it shows the audience reactions like they did for you yeah. they announced the winner. Yeah. Like, just, it's so thunderous and so It stupid. is. The tracks, the Denver community is so supportive of their of their queens when they make it on the show and, like, yeah. when they're, yeah. It's it's insane. I I do want to talk about the weird like parallels between both their wins. So Willow and Camden, Evie and Brooklyn, both a dancer versus kind of like an artsy alternative queen mm-hmm. in both instances. Yeah. Um, and uh, they also are both you know o- very open about their like status and their disability throughout their season as well. Um, Evie and Willow. So. It's really interesting to see, you know, that these two Colorado queens have so many things in common and that they have this sort of, like, bond and, like, now an even greater bond both being on the show, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I love the fact that they stuck true to themselves in the finale and didn't try to, like, put themselves into Mm -hmm. a place to where they shouldn't have been. Like, Evie winning doing a... doing no stunts, Mm -hmm. no reveals, Mm -hmm. was, like, really iconic for people it like actually reminded us a lot about what drag yep. is in the local scenes and like even with willows willows was really elevated reveals i will say mm-hmm. that that isn't something you would normally see yeah in a local scene or whatever but like to still be that kind of level of campy and yeah stuff like that i think that, that was like really beautiful to see i also another parallel is the whole during willow's performance her i hate people performance she had the multiple faces Evie's final lip syncing number, she had like the the double, like the mirror faces. Yeah, the mirror faces. Yeah, so they kind of like, I wonder if that was all I, intentional. I think that was intentional. Yeah. Honestly. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really, that is really cool. Gosh, I. So I know that some people say, I have had, there's a lot of opinions about the Denver drag scene, but at least people are having opinions about the Denver drag scene mm-hmm. in the sense. But I will say, and I agree with Donna in the sense that they support their artists when they make it onto these big, bigger platforms. They do. Has there been a Colorado queen on Dracula? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think there ever has been a Colorado queen on Dracula. I will actually say that I actually got a lot of support from Colorado because I moved to Portland right after getting on Camp Wanakiki. And uh-huh. like, I actually had people from Denver like 
sharing it and saying like you know congratulations or whatever my colleague like Jessica Lahore yeah shared it when I got on and whatever which was really cool and a bunch of other queens from Colorado you were also on a season that had two other Portland girls on it too so yeah. that and you were new to the scene here so yeah, it's like very new <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of crazy and I I swear that notoriety that that level is just so interesting to have people have such an opinion about you mm-hmm. without because you also it's almost like you're acting like everybody is your friend mm-hmm. because there's so many strangers who know a lot about you but you know nothing about them yeah and um like it's hard for you to just like stand in the back of a room and like be unnoticed mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting did you have a lot of people talk to you about Camp Wanakiki while you were there oh yeah yeah. I mean, Camp Wanakiki is a pretty large presence itself at Austin International Drag yeah. Festival. and so people were asking us a lot of questions. And uh-huh. what was really, it's really cool when you say people are like, who are you? And you're like, because in Camp Wanakiki, we're never out of face. Yeah. So they don't necessarily know who you are when you're just like walking around. Yeah. So when you introduce yourselves and they hear your name and feel like, oh my God, like I love you on your seat. Stuff like that yeah. is super cool. That's cool. Yeah. It's, it's really kind of mind-blowing and people have like really great opinions about you and the stuff you did and like i don't remember all my quotes from the show anymore but Mm -hmm. like people will tell me what they are which is funny Mm -hmm. and i'm just like oh that's that's like i did say that yeah because i forgot (laughs) yeah so yeah it's stuff like that that i think is like but to go for so back to drag race finale Mm -hmm. um i hate people um (laughs) so lady camden's performance i think in the finale against willow was, um, I thought that, I felt like she was holding back a little bit. Yeah? Yeah, I thought that the dancing was great, but Mm -hmm. I thought she was, like, kind of holding back, and it might have been, she was holding back until, obviously, because she couldn't do as much with that big crown and hair on. That's true, yeah, before the reveal. Um, and she had one reveal, I think it was a skirt reveal, I believe. And then, um, then she had the hair reveal. Well, the skirt reveal was for her, her solo performance, and then... I think because she was wearing that whole white getup with the hat um, and then it revealed into like another like red leotard. So it was like a whole outfit in itself oh, that sure. came off. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I think it was like fairly comparable, honestly, again, to Evie versus Brooklyn, where you had someone who was doing like a lot and then another one who was really like playing into their like strengths as an entertainer. Yeah, I, yeah that I do see that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like she could have really like gone hard and I yeah. I know this is like 800th performers and probably 800th performance and probably reshoots yeah yeah because there were some things like when I was watching I was like but there was this hair in her face five seconds ago and I do know the camera's panning away and back uh-huh. but like I know for like some of the runways they reshoot I bet for this they don't reshoot for those performances yeah because it is such high stakes yeah such high stakes so yeah they probably don't but I I, I don't know it just it seemed like she could have really took it there, even if she was tired. Yeah. I do have to say her solo performance was the one that, like, I watched it, and I was like, oh, damn, she's top two. Like, that solidified it for me, because she, it was so... It, it just fit with everything, like, her entire journey along the season. She's really inspired by Queen, and um, she actually had a story at this finale, how she was, like, talking about how while she was also doing drag, she was working as, like, a, a waitress, as, like, a waiter, and um, w- the day that she finally decided to, like, quit her job's waiting tables is that song from Queen, I Want to Break Free, came on, and it felt like really, like, a, a serendipitous kind of moment for her, and so Qu- Queen and Freddie Mercury has obviously always been 
kind of an inspiration. And she even had a look that was inspired by Freddie Mercury on the main stage at one point during the season. So I think the way that the song came together, it had that very like Queen-esque quality. And it was just such a full circle, amazing performance moment for her. Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. I, um, I do know... Well, the one thing... Here's the thing that I think is also kind of different outside of it seeming like they were friends is because the finale changed to the winner getting 150 and Mm -hmm. the second place getting 50, like, they kind of, like, are getting the bookings right now because people can kind of know that they're on the show. They probably had a few. Yeah. As the weeks have gone on because this was a season that was never going to end. Yeah. But um, even hearing, like, you're about to get $50,000, I think probably makes you feel less anxious I think yeah because like standing up there saying you get it all or you get nothing Mm -hmm. that makes you really higher stakes higher stakes yeah and so I feel like with this it was like you know what I'm just gonna do my best yeah 50 grand is still a lot of money yeah and I know some of those rude girls like they get um like even like usually five and below, they're what getting thirteen hundred dollars a booking. I think. Yeah. At this point, the winner gets roughly around five to seven thousand a booking, and so like yes, like fifty thousand isn't a lot in that scheme of things. Uh huh. But it's not like all of them are going to be performing seven nights a week. They can't. No. So. Yeah. It's just really interesting to look at. Well, and I don't know. I think Lady Camden performed well enough to really solidify a spot on All Stars. Honestly, all the girls in the top five did. That the top five was so strong this season. Yeah. That's why it had to be a top five is because there were so many great entertainers this season. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's really neat to see. I mean, and we had a queen from the Pacific Northwest that was on the season Bosco. So she's from Seattle. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Seattle queen. Um, but yeah, yeah. Congratulations to Colorado. Once again, um, we've had a pretty good showing from Queens that are just from Colorado. I mean, Nina was on season one and was the runner up and Miss Congeniality. And she was also on all stars. And she was also on the first season of all stars. Yeah. So, Colorado Queens do historically pretty well on yeah, on Drag Race. And yeah. then also, I mean, on all the series, because I made it to the finale. Yeah, well. exactly. <laughs> Colorado Drag is, is, you know, knows where it's at, so. Yeah. I think that um, the thing that's interesting, too, is like, because Evie is on uh, the All-Stars winner yes so that's cool that is really cool the thing that's killing me though is that i I don't like so there is that picture that i think is real about all the winners except for obviously tyra Um, and sharon sharon wasn't on there yeah a lot of the times they're not including sharon now too oh wow i know that she's done some really problematic things she has um but uh, so they were showing all the winners, and I think it's actually a real photo, or at least they've cropped them all together. They said, "Where's yeah. the costume? Take a picture in the studio and send it to us." Yeah. But anyway, um, what I was gonna say about that is, I think I didn't realize there were that many winners, and obviously there are. It's a fourteen season show. Yeah. And a plenty of all star seasons. I just really wish they would have put Bob the drag queen on it. Yeah. I don't know. Her, seeing why. her and Monet together on a season would have been kind of everything. I think Bob said no. Uh, Bob said she wasn't asked. Really? Yeah. Yeah, she was in an interview. She was on our podcast, and she said, the people were like, Bob, why weren't you on the Walters one? She was like, I wasn't asked. 
Hmm. She's like, that's why I was helping Monet. Yeah. It's because I wasn't asked. Damn, I would have loved to see them on a season yeah, together. Yeah, I was like, how'd y'all choose these rocky dunk winner? What is wrong with you? What? I mean, I think it was a good, a good... I think they They're all amazing. They are all amazing, but like, I feel like they could have all... Except just... for Trinity. I'm <laughs> sorry. Except for Trinity. <laughs> I just, I, when I saw the winter season, I was like, really? Yeah. Like, and not because... I think that there's just other winners that would add a dynamic that would have been really fun to watch. And Bob, for me, is the biggest miss, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, Bob would have just added that comedic flair that they so very much needed. In yeah, opinion. I agree with that. I agree. She should have at least been asked. Yeah. Um, who are you rooting for out of that season? I definitely have my four, I think, that I would really like to see do well. Well, I of course I hope Evie does well. Yes, Evie's part of that four. Um Shay is on it, isn't it? Is yes, it Shay. Shay yeah. Shay's also part so, of my four. Shay I would like to see do well. The thing about Shay Coulee is I feel like she comes off too perfect sometimes. Like she's just yeah. so good at what she does. Yeah. That sometimes it's not as entertaining to watch in the sense of like the background stuff, but to watch her uh, watch her runways. Watching Shay's runways are always so fun. Like, yeah. I love that. Yes. Uh, aspect of her. All the runways are going to be fucking stellar this season. Yeah. It's going to be so cool to watch. I would say my the four that I'm most excited about are those two, um, Jinx and Raja. Jinx? So, Jinx, I, I, I do want to see Jinx too well. I'm going to mm-hmm. be so interested if she actually claims Portland. It oh that will be interesting huh yeah because I she lives here now, um the funny thing is she lives here now and nobody tries to nobody tries to like book her for anything which is so weird I wonder if I, people are actually trying to book her I don't know I mean she does have the whole like house of monsoon which I don't okay so I don't know how much she's actually there I perf- <laughs> I performed at the house of monsoon when I first moved here for like a charity event. And I, like, she, she obviously was not, like, living there full time. But, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting, interesting thing. I do wonder if she's going to bring up Portland at all. Um, but, um, yeah. Wait, who's the other one you said? You said Jinx. Raja. Oh, Raja. I'm excited to see Raja because Raja was actually one of my initial favorite winners from the series. She's also the only Asian winner in the U.S. series to, to win. Um, so. Uh, yeah. Raja makes sense. Yeah. I can see that. I think my, my top three probably are Roche and Evie. Yeah. And I want to I wanna see Monet do well. The Vivian having an international queen is going to be interesting. Yeah, that will be interesting. Mm-hmm. What, I wonder why they did that. I like it. I like I, it. I, I like it a lot. It. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure it had to be hard to get like the correct visas and everything for that. Oh, but. yeah. Absolutely. I, why do they have Bob? Like I know Bob would have been fun. Yeah. Um, who was, who was the winner after Bob? See, so Bob was season eight. That would be season nine. Season nine was Sasha Valore. Okay. Wait, Sasha's on it, isn't she? No, 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 she's not. No, and neither is Simone, right? No, no. Like I feel like there were certain dynamics. I I know that they were playing like mix and match with, and then oh this is what a lot of girls said. They're like oh well you know some of them are really busy and blah blah blah. And I love how Bob was like I wasn't asked. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got shit to do. I know that's that is funny. 
God. I do want to clarify. So the reason why I said everyone except Trinity is... Um, <laughs> everyone except Trinity. Okay, so does everyone know about She-Devil by Night? What is that? It was a Reddit account mm-hmm. that was someone um, parading around as a black trans woman who was defending Trinity. Oh. And it, basically people looked at the Reddit history and it was found out to be one of uh, Trinity's previous, like, accounts. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. So, that is the one thing that I'm like, uh, Trinity the the Tuck has put a not so great taste in my mouth. So it's like... Oh, I remember that, actually. Yeah. So the whole She-Devil by Night thing, and I, you know, like, it is, a lot of it is speculation. Uh, I don't know. I... From what I understand, she pretty much, like, boomered herself in the entire situation because she didn't realize that Reddit had, like, your history. Oh, yeah. If you had, like, changed your username and everything like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I actually remember being really disappointed by that. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, why would you go on Reddit and try to make your... Whatever. Well, whatever. and especially, like, especially, like, masquerading around as an identity that you are not. Yes. Like... Oh, yeah, because to make... Oh, my God, I remember all that, too. Yeah. Oh, God, that was so messy. It is, it is, yeah. So, and I'm... Obviously, I'm not doing... Not to, bringing it up to be, like, cancel her, but it also is, it's like, I don't know. I, I think it does make sense that both her and Monet are on it, because they are the tied winners of their All-Star season. Right. So, it is good to kind of see, like, how they're going to separate themselves from that and bring themselves into this new competition and like really see how they'll you know rise to the challenge but yeah i'm I'm just not the biggest trinity the tuck fan honestly no that makes sense um the other one i forgot is jada essence hall yes um i'll be interested to see how she does how she fares up well, it was interesting. Um, I was watching the whole Entertainment Weekly interview with them, which Evie wasn't a part of because she was sick and wasn't present for the whole like press like roundtable that they did because um, she, she had to do her separately because she was sick that day. Um, but uh, Jada did mention that she really wanted this opportunity to come back because the fans very strongly felt that she didn't deserve her win. Oh. She said that a lot of the fans were upset that she won because they thought Gigi should have won that season. Oh. Mm -hmm. That's weird. Also, I think it's fair for Jada to come back because Jada was the winner during COVID. Yeah. And she didn't get any... No. Oh, she didn't even get to have her drag con. No. Like... And that's and, where Or they... to tour as much as the other girls. I mean, she granted, she has been touring and stuff, but the experience was definitely different for her. Yeah, well, no, because the season you win, that DragCon experience is... Mm-hmm. I hope they didn't set up this season just to let Jada win, because that feels icky, and I hope they don't do that. I don't know. I... I'm okay with this sometimes when they do the edit to where maybe she makes it to top, like, four. Yeah. To, like, let people know that, yeah, she is great, and she's wonderful, mm-hmm. but, like, let's let it be fair after that. I think it's a good opportunity for her just to, like, let everybody know why she is the winner that she is, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a good opportunity for her. And she doesn't have to prove herself. I thought I was rooting for Jada during her season. I didn't really, you know, I thought Gigi was a great fashion queen, but I actually, I loved Jada a lot more because I thought her charisma was, like, through the roof. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think it's really unfortunate that she feels that way. Because 
the fans get so galvanized behind like their favorite that sometimes if it is a different um, result, they get really angry. Yeah. Let's talk about the scandal that'll probably boost the views on this episode. Let's talk about the scandal about the pedestrian drag thing that Coco Montrese said online. Oh. It kind of went locally viral in Portland after my drag daughter, Brittany on had actually shared it. Um, and that's actually, that's the one that I got seen shared the most in Portland was the one that Britt shared. And so Coco Montrese had basically gone online saying something to the effect of like, like pedestrian drag just isn't good enough for the stage or something like that. Yeah. However she phrased it. And I know that I could just read you the phrase, but y'all can find it. Um, (laughs) And uh, what was so interesting to me about it is like, so Simone, Simone's look for the finale blew me away. It was amazing. It blew me away. And, and also to conflate pedestrian drag with, what Simone did is also kind of offensive to what Simone did because Coco Montrese and Simone posted the video of how Simone's outfit was created. Stunning. The details. The plaster, details. The plaster top with, like, the stoned, like, yeah. custom jeans, like, bell bottoms, like, yeah, everything. consistently always have a wet t-shirt look. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's something that you would do with money, honestly. <laughs> like, you would be like, I want it to be a wet t-shirt all, all the time. Long, all <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that's so elevated. Yeah. And, like, and um, the thing is, one thing that tried to drives me crazy about what happened with Coco Montrese is that we all kind of knew what she was saying, but people really attacked her for it. And then it's funny, the people who were attacking her for it are people who don't wear pedestrian drag. Yeah. Like, they're like, I wear pedestrian drag and I don't agree with this. I'm like, but you don't wear pedestrian drag. You know what she means. Like, she's basically just saying don't wear gym clothes on stage. Yeah. Like, that's all she's saying. Yeah. I, I think that obviously we need to be really careful with how we, like, say things because some of it can come off as elitist yeah. and uh, classist. And um, that is something that we have to be really aware of. But I, I do think what Coco Montrese was trying to say is, like, if you are going to bring a look that is, you know bought from the thrift store or something like that, then there are ways for you to elevate it with your own creativity and like limited resources. I mean, for instance, like stuff that I've made has just been trash that I've had like laying around my room that I've decided to glue together and put on a headpiece. You know, it's like there are, there are certain things that you can do to elevate a look a little bit more with a hot glue gun and random items sitting around the house and I think for me, like, that's what drag is, is, is like taking like trash and turning it into treasure or turning it into art. Well, and then also high concept looks. So yeah, for instance, like I brought this up on the podcast a long time ago, but one of the outfits that drove me crazy for how simplistic it was, but it actually did well on drag race with Sasha Valores. Like, I think it was her over the rainbow look or something like that. And she literally oh. was just wearing a pencil skirt, like a, I think a button up sweater and then like a, like a hat on her head. Yeah, it was a house. Yeah, I think it was a it was a turtleneck, a yellow turtleneck, and then a little house on her head. Yeah, yeah, and a pencil skirt. And a pencil skirt. Yeah, but it was all colors of the rainbow, and it yeah, yeah, it was simple but effective. And it was like really chic, and it was Mm -hmm. beautiful. And even when you think about Sasha Velour's finale look when she ran with the roses coming out of her hair, like that look was just yeah, it was really well done. It was a beautiful look, of course, but like it's just one of those things of where. 
I think that people... I know that people get caught up on the semantics and the word choices that are being used, but we all kind of knew what she meant, but people just want to do attack her for it anyway. Because, like, the thing is, I've actually wore gym clothes on stage before for a Missy Elliott look, and I take it off to, like, have this, like, cute jacket and, like, this whole, like, high-fashion, like, dance costume and whatever like that. And it was for the concept, but I was wearing tennis shoes. Well, yeah, and here's the thing. I think that context and concepts are important to take into account when we're talking about stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. So it's like, if you're doing a number that calls for you to be dressed in that way, then why the hell not have it on stage, you know? Like, it, it's not a big deal. Um... I don't know. I just... Uh... Like, actually, and here's a good point about this, though. So, like, we were talking about in the other part of the episode, because Maddie Morphosis did look gorgeous. Yeah. It just wasn't, like, this huge drag look that you would expect from a drag race girl at a convention like that. Especially fresh off the season. Yeah, yeah. but she also wasn't performing that day. She was just supporting Chase. Mm. That's the only reason she was there. But, I will say this, as problematic as it is, if that was her performance costume... And there wasn't, like, a really strong concept behind the very simplistic drag that she was wearing, especially knowing that she has resources after being off in the season. I would have been like, hmm. You know, like, I would have been like, but you can get thousands of dollar bookings. And yeah. this is, like, what you're presenting for a stage where they look for a performance, unless it was in a concept. Yeah. That's, I think, what matters is concept is super, super, super important. And context. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But we do need to find, because I think, somebody actually told me, that they wish they would change it from pedestrian drag to lazy drag, but that becomes subjective. And I said, I know what, we all know what that means too. It's just like, just try. Yeah. Just try. Like, I, cause I don't believe, like, Adore Delano was the coined, like, Adore and Alaska around the same time were wearing all of that trash garbage and literally loved, loved calling themselves, like, trash queens and things like mm-hmm. that. And, and I remember that, um, that song that they did together where they were wearing literal garbage with ripped tights and whatever. Yeah. And it was the most iconic, beautiful thing that I've ever seen. And it was such a cool song. And like, and they just were just rock stars yeah. in their own right. And Adore Delano is a rock star in that way. And I think every everything Adore wears, I always thought was just so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I, I think that there are ways to elevate looks in, in small ways. And it, it doesn't have to be money that you have to do that. Um, no, and I repeat looks, and actually I will say this, I repeat looks pretty often in Portland, and it's not because I'm lazy, it's, um, and some people would consider that not buying new drag lazy. The thing about it is, the thing I like to focus on is I like to focus on improving my performances, for, especially for when I travel. Mm-hmm. And like when I do bigger shows, like a TGIF or something like that, mm-hmm. or a big drag energy, um, hosted respectively by Anonymous Tips, and uh, flawless.shade on Instagram, mm-hmm. I recognize that I try to elevate that drag and that performance and create new mixes and whatever like that, even if I'm using, wearing pieces of similar costumes. Because mm-hmm. the things that I changed recently are my makeup and my shoes. Yeah. So, Coco Gem Holiday, you're an outfit repeater. I'm an outfit repeater. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I just bought all this new drag, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think I think that that's a really good point. I think people did get a little bit too riled up, and um, it was a very emotional response from people online about it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I think that there are little tiny ways you can elevate a look by just, like, even gluing some trash to something or <laughs> just kind of using what you have. Then again, though, like, hot glue guns aren't, aren't like, free. Like, you know, <laughs> they are expensive. Um but I don't know. 
I, I think that we need to make sure that we make drag accessible for everyone and celebrate all shapes, forms, and sizes of drag, but we also need to um, just be aware that drag is something that is, like, born out of, like, really artistic and creative minds, and there's bound to be some disagreements about it. Agreed. And people need to also stop conflating the, what the creation of All Drag is Valid is was for. Paradox Ray, because their coin was saying that first, um, that phrase is about gender and drag. It's not mm-hmm. about like the like the level of the high class of clothes you're wearing, it's mm-hmm. not about that. It's actually never been about that. So when people were saying Coco Montreux like all drag is valid, I'm like that. That's about gender, y'all. That's yeah. Not about this and like when you throw it, it's almost like co-opting Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. to like talk of like saying like Black Cards Matter or something like you know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like trying to conflate. Um, it's actually trying to um, muddy the message in my opinion Mm -hmm. because then those people are still being when you're using all drag is valid are you a show producer that is booking kings in your show because Mm. you're wearing your pedestrian drag on stage because all drag Mm -hmm. is valid but your show doesn't have any drag kings or afab entertainers or or hyper queens non-binary non-binary performers yeah so that's kind of icky in that capacity so like I really w- I just really hope that people are really cautious of that, mm-hmm. especially because Paradox Ray is black. Mm-hmm. And so, like, co-opting the phrase of a black person um, to doing that is just messy to me. And I just really wish that people would recognize... And then using it against a black woman, being Coco Montrese, because mm-hmm. um, people really came out of the woodwork to attack her and then attacked her drag on top of it because people are terrible. I was like, y'all missed the mark and then attacked inappropriately. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, be respectful of your legacy and know where it came from. Yep. <laughs> so, I think that's fair. That's fair. So, as we get to the end of this episode, listeners, um, by the time this episode releases, we will be having our very first ever, um, the next week following at the Queen's Head, the first thursday of the month we are having our gem of a secret podcast live yeah with our the person we're interviewing is astrid mm-hmm. which we're super excited about um come watch us fumble through our tech run <laughs> yeah yeah we apologize that the date has changed um a couple of times so many times but it's we are set on first thursday of the month now um so we hope to see you there and we would love your support um, also, we are open to people. We've we've gotten this critique a lot. Um, if anybody does want to record us new intro and outro music, you are welcome to do as such. Please hit us up um, on our website, um, Um We're not necessarily in the market to have it changed, but if you have an idea for what you want to do for our intro and outro music, um, we'd be down to listen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's everything. Thank you for tuning in again. Bye. Bye. This has been another episode of A Gem of a Secret Podcast. The hosts of A Gem of a Secret Podcast are Donna and Coco Gem Holiday. You can follow Donna at Donatella underscore my secrets on Instagram. You may follow Coco Gem Holiday at Coco Gem Holiday on Instagram. Original music by Touche Douche and Party Favors. You can follow them respectively at Touche Likes Beef and Party Favors Music on Instagram. For more content, 
follow them online at www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com. That is www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com.